Gentlemen, welcome to episode 58 of Beyond the Blade here on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel and the Grandstand Sports Network, the best view in sports. I am your co-host, Chad Didamenesis. And I'm your other co-host, Bill Shockey. And uh, just as we all predicted, huh, Chad? Yes, 0-2-1, 12 goals against in the last two games, four short-handed goals against. Man, the Sabres are hot. Feeling <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I think we're going to get into a lot here today. Um, but I think I just want to preface with this. Uh, it's been a bad three games, so a lot of this is going to sound bad. But at the end, we're going to come full circle and say right. it has been three games. So right. calm down. Everyone relax. Um, we knew this was going to happen. New coach, new system. Half your defense was overhauled. Uh, and with Bogo out too, you got another right. guy in there, Tennyson. Yep. So, I mean, I, I think it's just how ugly it's been is the concerning thing. But uh, other than that, I mean, we knew we were going to have some struggles here. And I, it's funny because last week I even said it's probably going to take 20 games to see what these guys really are. Yep. And it might get ugly in the first 20 games because they're the style they're going to play, if one guy misses or somebody jumps when they shouldn't or you miss a puck, you're going to have odd man Russians the, the other way. And the first night you really didn't see that, but you definitely saw it the second two nights. And uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it burned them. It burned them quite a few times. And shorthanded has been an issue. <laughs> yeah. Um, the shorthanded thing is it's concerning to me because, I don't know, we didn't really see that last year. But, again, it's a new system. It's a new defenseman. Um, like you said, it's players getting used to each other. So, I mean, we talked about it a few times. You know, we, we expected – I don't think to this degree three games in, but we, we certainly expected some bumps here on the road and that's to be expected players in learning a new system, players learning to play together. Um, you know, that's kind of just the way it goes, but I don't know. I get, again, you know, we're going to, like I said, we're going to talk about a lot here. We even turned the video on, we were some video breakdown, show you some things that we saw. Uh, and then like I guess at the end here, we'll kind of come full circle and just bring everybody together for a team huddle and say, Hey, hmm. 79 games last year. Let's not you know, jump off the bridge. Let's kind of see how things go here. Yeah. Uh, just so people know who are watching video right now, if you see me look to my right here a few times or throughout uh, the podcast here, um, I have a Yankee game on over here. 
they're winning three nothing here in the fourth. Uh, I'm a huge Yankees fan. So Bill and people who are watching on video, if you see me continuously look to the right, that's what I'm checking on to see people know there's not some mysterious person over here or some woman dancing for me or anything. Although I wish that'd be the case, but not so much. <laughs> so everyone knows I'm a true hockey fan. If you see me looking up, it's because, well, of course it's uh, Wednesday night rivalry, so it's Penguins Capitals for the hundredth <laughs> time. But uh, yeah, that's what I got on. All right, so let's not waste any time here. Uh, man, where do you, <laughs> I guess let's run to the topics we're going to kind of talk about here. Uh, the bad start, defense, system, players not in the normal roles. Where have you heard that before? Uh, maybe kind of touching the captaincy at the end. Uh, the bottom six didn't look pretty, still doesn't look pretty. Uh, but the one good, the one good shining light that can give you some optimism so far as the three games is Evander Kane looks really, 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 really good. And maybe that's kind of where I can start, but that's pretty exciting. I don't know if it is shining optimism, though, because he's got one year left. Uh, <laughs> nobody knows what's kind of going on with him. He could potentially, if he doesn't want to sign, just walk for nothing. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the guy's been great. And we've talked about it. At least I feel that at this point, I'm even though it's only been three games, I'm ready to do what I can to sign this guy. Uh, he's the only guy for the last, you know, three years that's showed up every single night. He gives you 110%. Even when the team's down, you know, four to one, five to one, he's working his butt off to get it five to two. Um, that shorthanded goal was just a workman's goal. The second oh, one, yeah. uh, he just never gave up on the play. Even, uh, even the goalie gave up on the play and he was the one still fighting for the puck and was able to, you know, pick up his own rebound and tap it in back door. So. I mean, he's just been, like you said, he's been the light. The light uh, on this team so far. Uh, night in, night out, he gives you everything, and, and he's been rewarded. Four goals in three games. Yeah, which is different because, you know, the Vander Kane we're kind of used to here in Buffalo is getting off to those slow starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's off to a red-hot start, which could be <laughs> could be bad news for the league because really he doesn't really start picking up until December, January time. And if he's potting goals here in October, November, I mean, he's got a real good chance of hitting that 30 as long as he stays healthy. Uh, knock on wood because you don't need any more injuries around here, so. It's not really jumped on that road. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm with you, especially if you're going to lose Sam Reinhardt, uh, which, you know, we're going to get into Reinhardt here in a little bit. But um, if Reinhardt maybe isn't in the future plans, then I don't know. I, I feel like at that point you kind of can't afford to lose Kane. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You lose – you. let's say you move Reinhardt for, I don't know, like a defenseman or something. Who knows? Maybe you can, maybe you can have a legitimate top defenseman or, or something, another younger player, whatever. Uh, and then you let Evander Kane walk too, then – I don't know. I mean, O'Reilly and Oposo don't look great. And if you're letting those two players walk, then you could have some big issues on your offense. Yeah, I mean, you already do. So if you're losing guys on top of it, you got to fill spots and you're right back to the uh, scenario of, man, I really hope Middlestad's really good. And I really hope Nylander's really good. And Ken Bailey, Baptiste, can one of them step up. Uh, Again, you're just making yourself, you know, a lot more question marks. So, I mean – it's really tough. It, it is because if if you do move on from a guy like Ryan Hart, not saying and we know anything at this point because I don't think it is the case. I, I think they're yeah. just trying to figure out what's the best scenario for him for this team. Um, and I still think that him being on the third line, he just doesn't have that help that he needs. We talked about, you know, Ryan Hart's not Jack Eichel. He's not going to create his own space. He's not going to go end to end and score. Uh, he's going to, you know, work the puck in the zone with the, his teammates, and then he's going to find himself in front uh, alone, finding that soft spot in the defense and, and bury it. Um, 
so with that being said, when you have guys on his, on your line like Griffith or <laughs> it looks like you know Gergensen was there for a little while, yeah. um, it's just those guys aren't going to be able to create the space that Reinhardt needs to create. Um, that's why we were really hoping, you know, a guy like Ed Kane, we thought could be really good on that line. Uh, it'll be interesting. Larson getting moved up at least. Uh, I think he should have been there. I don't know why he was really on the fourth line to begin with. That pass he had from behind the net to Molson was really good. Oh, yeah. Of course, it was to Molson, so we put it right in the goalie's right chest. chest. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think I think good things can still come. Like you said, three games, we still got a lot to see, but uh, not, not the start you're really looking for out of Reinhardt, especially in the center third line experiment. Right. So I guess for me, one of the main concerning things, uh, now that we kind of covered the good with Kane, uh, I think the rest of us might focus on the bad until the very end here. Uh, <laughs> one of the things that concerned me the most, and it was more prevalent, although it was in Long Island too, but it was more, actually Brooklyn, I keep saying Long Island, it's Brooklyn. Uh, it was more prevalent against New Jersey. And that was just a poor, ugly, awful passing. I mean, they couldn't make breakout passes. Yeah. Everything was in guy skates. It was hitting them in the chest. It was ahead of them. It was behind them. It was going between their legs. It's just, it, it didn't generate any, just another team to generate offense. You know, we didn't, that, that's kind of why we saw the team be so fast on uh, Thursday against Montreal. Cause those breakouts were clean. They were hitting players in stride. They're moving the puck. They, you know, were going tape to tape with passes. They were just, it, it looked more in a flow and more comfortable and it, that increases your team speed. You know, I, I still remember what a coach always told me is the puck moves faster than any player. Mm-hmm. If you can pass crisply, if you can get those breakout passes uh, clean out of your zone and get your offense going the other way, then that allows your defense to get in the rush and pinch, you know, not have those blue line defensive blue line turnovers or those neutral zone turnovers that allows the, off, the other team to come back at you. You know, it's, it's really – it, it was frustrating, you know, and it kind of reminded me of the Bilesma days. We kind of seen that a lot. And it was just just sloppy play. And, you know, I, I don't want to say players, you know, aren't giving their full effort. It's just – I guess the word is laziness is kind of what it came down to for me. Yeah, I mean, I think the other word it comes down to is chemistry. Uh, a lot of new guys playing with, you know, a lot of different guys. The defense, a lot of them, like you said, but they haven't been there. So you got to get used to, you know – how fast is Eichel compared to Reinhardt or the guy that you're making that pass up to? Um, and it, it goes with the system too. If you don't necessarily know where that guy's going to be, we saw it a couple of times, the Riley making drop passes to nobody being there. Uh, Beaulieu making that pass to Johnny Tavares. The yeah. Yeah. Uh, a beautiful when, drop pass. Yeah, it was it's just <laughs> the wrong team. So I, and I think it's just kind of what it comes down to. Maybe in old systems for Beaulieu's standpoint, at least you're expecting a guy to be there. Uh, in this case, he was on the other side of the ice, and Tavares, I give the guy credit. He's one of the best. Great read. Walked right up the middle and just said thank you and walked right in and scored. Um, but, yeah, I, I really think it's just it's, it's coming down to getting used to where guys are going to be. Um, I mean, I know you're playing that it was, it was different. You, some nights you'd be, I'd be playing with, you know, the best guy on the rink, and you have to get used to his speed compared to somebody else who might be slower and you kind of can keep up with. Um, so I, I think it's kind of what it is. It's, it's getting used to those guys. Uh, it, I know it felt like preseason and camp was long, but it really isn't. I, I, I think that it's going to take a little bit of time for these defensemen to get used to their forwards, get used to where they're going to be, to be able to make those crisp breakout passes. Cause right now it's definitely just isn't working. So let's bring in our first video thing here. Cause, uh, let's show maybe, I guess through three games, this might be, uh, one of my, uh, <laughs> favorite plays 
of the season so far. Uh, and that's this uh, Scandella pass here. Uh, so if you remember this as early first period, uh, puck behind the net, um, this kind of thing, you know, you said it before the podcast, this is the kind of play where eventually this defenseman right here, all he's going to do, he's going to shoot this puck up the wall. I mean, yep. he's, he's not going to hit Eichel, who's going to come right here in the middle. So let me kind of play this a little bit here so you can kind of see how this goes. Scandella picks the puck away from Pacioretty. Eichel's right here. Tennyson's down here. Hominville's is heading up there for his breakout. I think Evander Kane is over here on the wall up higher. Uh, and you're going to see there's going to be a Montreal player come down on Scandella. And he's just going to make a quick, smart, right here, pass Eichel, and Eichel's going to be gone. Just beautiful, boom, gone. And look at from here. I mean, this is the kind of stuff we saw against Montreal we haven't seen in the last two games. Right. Just then, your offense is gone. Tennyson's in the play. There's no turnover. Pommonville's up the ice. Evander Kane feels, and he's gone. And, I mean, you're basically – I mean, there's one, two, three. I mean, you're basically going the other way, four on two. I mean, you're – there they go. Four on two the other way. I guess you could say four on three because the Montreal guy stays in. But, I mean, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that – I mean, it just it all starts with just a simple play. We're all the way back here in your own end. Just a smart, simple chip right there. Yeah, if you could, yeah stop it right there. Like we were saying, when that guy comes down last year, that <laughs> he's seeing Kane up the boards and not seeing these three guys up front, and that's just off the boards, probably yeah. getting past Kane and the Montreal guy, going to the Montreal defenders, and they're just regrouping and getting ready to come back for another attack. Yeah, because remember, uh, there's, then, there's a Montreal right there. This is, this is where the puck is going, where the Montreal guy ran to Vander Kane right there. Yep, and it's That's probably where we go. kept in the zone or it's still being turned over to the Montreal defenseman. So, like you said, I mean, I remember I, I was at this game. Um, so, I, I remember texting you right after and just saying, simple little pass that most people, you know, won't see or don't even, you know, recognize is, is an important play. But – the difference, like you said, between breaking out and having a clean breakout and being able to go up the ice with speed and just chipping it out, there it is. It's right there. The simple little pass to Eichel inside the zone allows you to go up the ice with four guys instead of battling on the wall and then potentially keeping the puck in the zone. Yeah, so, I mean, beyond that, I mean, <laughs> and, you know, West Islanders and against the Devils really didn't see any of that. You know, you saw a lot of guys that were pinching. You saw a lot of, you know, we're going to talk about videos here in a little bit. I, I think there's a lot of guys who maybe were overthinking, uh, mm-hmm. which is, again, it can go back to getting used to a system they're playing the first time. Can get you just used to playing with players never played with before. You know, it, it's guys that it's just, it, it looks like there's more thinking than reacting. And that's kind of what slows down games too. I mean, this, this team is not a fast team. I mean, Oposo's not that quick. Neither is O'Reilly. I mean, Eichel's fast. Right? And Kane are fast. Your defense is better than they were last year. But beyond that, there's not a lot of speed on this team. So if you're slowing your game down even more by not thinking and not moving your feet, or not sorry, not reacting, uh, it just it slows the game down more. It makes it look even more slow and skate in the mud. And, you know, this is something that may linger for a week or two. I hope it's not as bad as it was against Islanders and Devils. But, I mean, like, like we even said, for the first few games here, it could linger a little bit. But yeah, I, definitely I, I think once they get used to it, it'll look a lot like we saw against Montreal. Yeah, and it should. Like I even said coming into the second game, if you saw a lot of what we saw against Montreal, I, I expected them to win that game. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. Uh, and it does come into your bottom six, too. I think this is kind of where you're missing guys like Erod, who got hurt uh, in training camp. And and you're missing kind of a Bailey or a Baptiste here because you're playing Molson two out of the three nights. Or you're playing Jordan Nolan or, you know, you, you have guys down there that aren't going to really hurt anybody 
you're basically just hoping they don't get scored on. Like Josephson is another one, another guy that, you know, you don't really expect him to do anything, but he's not really going to hurt you. But at the same time, then what are you even really doing if you're just expecting to hope to break even with him on the ice? Right. I mean, that Larson, Josephson, Molson line was painful. Um, <laughs> I kind of felt bad for, for Larson at, at the time. You know, he was, he was skating. He was playing hard. He was being Larson, who I thought was a really good third-line center last year until he got hurt. Um, so I was kind of hoping to see him in that same role. Unfortunately, he wasn't in the first three games, but it looks like that might be changing up here tomorrow night. Yeah. So that's kind of go shifts the defense here because uh, that, that's maybe uh, – I think it's the one area maybe that going into the season kind of gave us the most optimism. Uh, but, I mean, through – the first three games, Bullyu, Ristolainen, Tennyson, Scandella, uh, now they've all struggled at times. But Goji hasn't played a game yet. Uh, Housley said today he's going to need at least another week before we even consider seeing him. Uh, you know, Antipin and McCabe, I thought it had been okay. But looks like Antipin might find himself in the press box tomorrow against the Sharks. We'll kind of get to that in a second here. But, I mean, it again, it goes back. I mean, Scandella hasn't played a game in the preseason, so kind of his first kind of run with his teammates – uh Rizzo Linen's a little bit concerning to me uh, I'm going to show a video here that I don't know I, I think maybe he's getting a little bit too aggressive at times uh and it's getting him caught and I, and I think he's kind of the same thing where he's doing more thinking than reacting which I think is slowing his game down and then Bullyu I thought was really good against Montreal but I mean he's just had some mental mental lapses in the last two games with turnovers and for the love of God somebody just show that kid how to play two-on-one because it's pretty <laughs> brutal how he plays those two-on-ones and then Tennyson, you know, he's a guy that he didn't even expect to be the angel anyways. I mean, he's a 7-8 no. at best, so I don't really expect him there. But in general, you know, it. those four guys have really, really, I think at times, struggled a lot. Yeah, and he, I mean, just Tennyson, he's, he's been all right. Uh, but you can just see the difference between, like, mental lapses that the NHL guys are having and, and kind of mental lapses that he's having. I remember, I think it was against Montreal, there's basically two plays in a row where uh, they were hemmed in the zone for a long time, and he kind of just totally missed a pass and went all the way down for an icing. When the Sabres won the draw, he got the puck and basically just fired it right down again. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it, it's an AHL play. He's just he's, you're not looking for the open guy. You're not looking right. kind of for the breakout. You're panicking, and because now you're tired, you're just you know trying to flip the puck out to get to the bench, and it's going too far, and it's going for an icing. So let me show the wrist line video here. I was talking about. Um... Let me share my screen again so everybody can see it in the video thing here. Uh, so this play, this video is going to kind of start with the play's already gone, already started pretty much. But you can see Ristolainen right down here. So let's see if you can see him right there, down at the bottom of your screen. And what happened, you know, kind of described the play, is Evander Kane had the puck, brought it behind the net. Uh, but he lost the puck as, I guess, Ristolainen started to pinch. But really, Brett was kind of on him the entire time until the turnover in front of the net. And this is one of those situations where I think you just it. I mean, again, the score is five to one with one eleven left the second period, but it's just it's over aggressive. It, it's there's really no chance of you getting the puck. I mean, there was a defense right on Kane. Brett was right on top of you. You covered pretty well. There's no point to pinch down here. What you're going to see happen here is you know he's he gets falls over Kane. He's caught, and they're off two on one the other way. Bullyu plays this two on one terribly, and it's in the back of net, and it's six to one. But I mean, it's just you know. Well, it's trying to point out that it's – I don't know. I mean, I get being aggressive, but in this situation, you kind of got to think about it. Maybe this is the thing where he's th- thinking too much. Where he's thinking it's in my head to get aggressive, jump in the play, and then – I mean, the, the know, score doesn't help. I right, think. right. 
like maybe you you're said, taking a chance you normally wouldn't take, but right. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, even going back to that two on one, basically just looks looks like it's a drill. He just kind of bends over, puts a stick down. It's like, all right, make the nice pass over the stick. Right yeah, I mean, it makes here. it makes it too easy for Brett. He's <laughs> like, yeah, there you go. I'll just put that right over here, and then I don't know. I mean, he's had a couple brutal two on ones. Um, so someone's got to help that kid out. But uh, yeah, I mean, the defense in general, it, it's been it's been concerning. Uh, and we talked a little bit about Tennyson here. And let me show you a video on Tennyson because this is maybe more humor than anything. Um, again, it, it's just maybe uh, a guy maybe playing over his style here. And I mean, stop it here. This is going to be your goal scorer right here. Gibbons right here. And you're going to kind of see a poso right up here. Tennyson's right here. Uh, you guys covered in front. And just Tennyson just lays down. I mean, a post doesn't put a stick on him. Tennyson never touches Gibbons. He never moves either. He's just there. I mean, from the entire time that he shared the puck on the net, Gibbons never moved from his spot. There's yeah, nobody ever right touched there, him. Right there, Oposo's looking for he should go up the boards. And right. it's never happened. So he's too far away from Gibbons. And then, like you said, Tennyson's kind of just in between the two, but he doesn't really I mean, decide right here, if he I mean, wants. I, I, Tennis, what are you doing? What, how are you helping me in any way, shape, or form? He's like blocking Johnson. Right. You're not doing just this get on a guy, you know, put yeah. your stick on him. Just do He needs to make something. the decision, yeah, to either go after Heischer or tie up the man in front, and he kind of does neither and just right. lays down. And, again, like you said, it's you're not putting the body there. You're just basically laying the stick on the ice and – like a drill. It's, it's too easy for these NHL guys to just make that saucer pass over the stick. Uh, and that's kind of what happens here if you play it out. And then that it goes. Cool. So, I mean, it, again, that's that's kind of the things where those are the defensive breakdowns you've been talking about is it, it you know, in that for tennis, you know, it's an example of a guy is kind of playing over his head anyways, but I don't know. It, it's frustrating, you know, to see those kind of things where those, those are easy mistakes. Those are, those are easy mental lapses that you can just be creative or be avoided by just playing the easy fundamentals of hockey. And it's funny because you know, it's you, tough to see that. You talked about wrist line and aggressiveness on that, the second video, but it's kind of the opposite, at least in the defensive zone that I saw going from the Montreal game to the Islanders uh, and Devils game is wrist line and basically was a, <laughs> a beast. He was just throwing people out in yeah. front of the net against Montreal. Basically, anybody who was trying to get a chance in front, uh, Rissalainen was putting their head on a swivel and, and trying to knock it off. Uh, and then the other two games, you just didn't really see that. No one was really clear in the front of the net. Guys are just standing around. Uh, I'm sure you have the other video coming up here. We're going to see two guys literally just standing next to the guy who ends up putting into the net. Yep. Um, so it's just it's it's not. There's no zone coverage, and then. Ovechkin um <laughs> uh yeah so it's just you know guys just standing around they're not putting body on body you're not putting stick on stick you're just allowing those guys to kind of come to the front of the net at least in the last two games uh the difference just it wasn't there and it's kind of like you saw with that Tennyson goal uh I know we're away from it right now but you literally in the picture after the guy scores you have five guys just standing there yeah um, and that happened a lot the last two years where you would have, you know, somebody score that was wide open in front of the net, but you'd have five guys within like a 10-foot radius. And it's just like nobody's, you know, covering or putting a body and they're just watching the puck. Uh, and I feel like that's kind of what's happened the last two games. And it's ended up in the back of your net more times than not. So before we shift off the defense, uh, you know, I want to talk a little bit about Antipin because it looks like he's going to be 
I mean, it's not for sure, but it, the way it looked in practice today, it's going to be a healthy scratch uh, against San Jose on Thursday. Um, I, you know, I'm curious what you thought. I think he's been all right. Uh, I, I kind of said against New Jersey, I feel like he maybe deserves some more minutes with how poorly the rest of the defense was playing in that game. Mm-hmm. I think there was an opportunity to move him up and kind of give him some minutes in a game that was out of hand. But I don't know. You know, there's, I'm going to pull up a video here where I kind of get your take on it, and I'm maybe going to show excuse me, maybe what Housley saw exactly that some things that I've noticed too, maybe that's why he wants to pull him out of game, get him in the press box, uh, kind of get him a view of the game. Remember, I mean, he's still trying to get used to the North America game. Maybe Housley wants to get George's in a game. Maybe he's taking the opportunity to get, you know, and in up top and have him get a high view. And, you know, it, I don't know, you usually want your best players to play, but is it the end of the world? Not necessarily. Um, but in general, I, I think he's played well. I, I don't know if you feel the same or feel maybe he hasn't played as well. Yeah, I think – I mean, he's been he's been fine. For a guy – for a defense that's really struggling, I think he would be the one that you would think would be struggling the most, and it really hasn't been the case. So, right. in, in that case, I, I I don't see really the need to scratch him. I think if, if a guy's going to get used to the game, it's going to be on the ice playing uh, with more minutes, especially if he's doing well. The one funny thing I did notice about him is if he gets an open chance from the blue line to, like, the high slot, He's trying to go cheese on every single <laughs> shot, uh, which is it's probably a bad thing because more times than not, uh, it was missing the net and wrapping around the boards. But uh, I don't know if it was just – I more vividly remember the Montreal game, so I don't know if it was just because he was playing against Carey Price or what. But, man, that guy was trying to pick corners in <laughs> every single <laughs> shot that he had where he was wide open, which I found hilarious. But, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, he looks like a smooth skater. Uh, the one thing I would say, he needs to be paired with somebody uh, – that's a defensive defenseman, or at least somebody that's bigger enough, like a Bogosian or a Scandella or a Ristolainen, that's going to clear the front because Antipin is wrapping up. He is not clearing anybody out from the front of the right. net. He's too small. Um, but he, he he has skill. He has skill. He's got speed. Uh, I think he's just got to, like you said, get fully used to this you know North American game, used to using his speed and skill in the game. Um, and it's, it'll come. And like you said, I don't necessarily think he's been the you know the focal point of the woes. I guess you could say for the defense. Uh, I, I think he's played well enough, but I mean, I, I guess I could understand it if, if you're going to try and there better be somebody up there with him that entire game right. showing him. Right. Uh, if it's just him by himself, I think you're wasting your time. But and if it's just to get Jordan's minutes, then why isn't Tennyson full? But uh, I, I mean, we'll see. I, I wouldn't expect it for, for multiple games. I'm sure it's just no, kind of a one-game uh, thing. No, if anything, it's a one-game thing, yeah. Yeah, so let me no, show I, I think he's been good. Let me pull the video here that I was I mentioned here that I wanted to show. Um, and maybe it's a little bit what Housley's seeing here. Uh, so watch this play develop here. So Kane's going to take a shot, and it's going to bounce off of Schneider. Now, this is the Sabres are on the power play here. Uh, let me move the screen out of the way here. So the shot, and then right here you're going to see, you're going to see Antip and Pinch for that loose puck over here. He's going to pop in your screen any second. And there he is right there. And Henrik beats him to the puck. Now, is that a bad pinch? No. Uh, is it a great pinch at the same time? Not really. Uh, and, you know, I, I've kind of seen this a few times out of him where he's, you know, this this is going to end up in a goal eventually. Uh, other times it hasn't. There's been some pinches or some, some times where he has got caught. You know, he's, he maybe again, kind of like we saw with Salina, maybe a little bit overaggressive here. Um, but needless to the kind of things where, as a learning experience, he's going to kind of show that, you know, let that go or, you know, maybe realize the situation you're in. Because this is the Brackle that makes a 3-1 to one after you made a 2-1. to one. 
So maybe, you know, maybe you don't got to be over-aggressive right here. Maybe you just kind of back off and live to fight another day. I mean, because right here, I mean, you look at it right here, it looks like a 50-50 puck. But I don't know, maybe you got to understand who you're on the ice with kind of thing, you know? I mean, you have no support. So if you miss, this guy's gone, and this guy's gone, and the guy over here is gone too. And Yeah, it's just – I think it's just picking your spots. It's just because – when you're pinching like that, especially, I think the biggest problem is that he was in open ice. So if you don't yeah. get a piece of him or the puck, that's what's going to happen. He's going to be gone. Um, it's obviously, it's a lot easier if you're pinching up the boards to kind of get a piece of the guy at least or to, you know, pin the puck against the boards. When, you know, like you said, a 50-50 puck in the middle of the ice there, one bounce, like you saw, and two guys are gone now instead of one. It, I couldn't tell. Was that the one where Molson was out there too? Yes. Yeah. So I talked about this with you. Uh, actually yesterday and that was you just you also got to know who's on the ice with you and Molson right. is not running anybody down if you don't you know get the puck there if you miss on that uh, pinch you better be sure that somebody like Eichler Kane is the one that's supposed to be covering for you because if you know that it's Molson who's supposed to be covering for you and you look up and he's in front of you <laughs> nobody's catching anybody and that's kind of what happened there I mean you saw it the goal ended up not only was it a two-on-one where he was able to get the shot off he was able to make a move to the backhand and tip yeah. it in so I mean you just you got to make sure you got to be aware and that's where that chemistry comes in you got to know who's on the ice with you where they are and I mean I, I don't the good thing is I, I haven't really seen them get off of being aggressive when it hasn't been working these last two games which is good I, I was I was nervous that as soon as it didn't work once or twice or it ended up in the back of your net, that they would just stop doing it. Um, yeah, but I think as the opposite's happened, they've gotten more aggressive. <laughs> yeah, and I would agree. And, but honestly, I, I would rather them be more aggressive at this point, right. three games into the season into a new system, than having them back off like in Bilesman's system last year where they're at their own blue line as soon as the pucks turn over behind the net. Um, yeah. That drove me insane. So I, I think, like you said, it's it's kind of just been a – you know, everything has been going wrong all at once here in these last, in these last two games. Uh, and I, I think it's going to get worked out, but it's just, it's, it's funny because I didn't even, we brought the, the, the poll, we did a poll. And for, for me, it was actually kind of a trick question. Cause I think it's a little bit of all four options that I gave. Um, you know, it's, it's them getting used to the system, but it's the defense, you know, not playing as well as they should be the chemistry, getting used to new players on new lines. It's just, everything is kind of coming together at once and it's making everything look worse than it actually is. Uh, I think if they can get back to that, how they played against Montreal, uh, things will get turned around here pretty quickly. So let's jump to the forwards here because we've kind of spent the first half here talking about the defense. So kind of where I want to start here is, you know, maybe the – unfortunately, we've talked about this a lot the last two years, is a player is playing out of roles or playing in improper positions. Uh, I mean, we got a kind of glimpse of that on Monday with – out of nowhere, Seth Griffith is a top six forward all of a sudden. He was playing with O'Reilly and uh, was it Gier- o- O'Reilly and Gergensis? It wasn't a Poso. No, I think it was Gergensis. So, I mean, that's – it's – I don't know. I mean, stuff like that, It I kind of written down here the new Derek Grant, but kind of. I think Seth Griffith is even much better skilled. than Derek Grant is. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I will say this about Griffith, to be honest with you. I don't think he's played that bad. No. I think he's had some nice plays here and there, but – I, I again, I if he's not playing a third, fourth six. line, yeah. exactly. I don't even <laughs> playing with O'Reilly. That, that, <laughs> no. That's my whole thing here. I mean, maybe that's kind of where we start. I and mean, Larson wasn't playing in the right role, I don't think, but now he's a move to center. 
Yes. Uh, Reinhardt wasn't playing the right role potentially on the center. He's been moved to wing now. Uh, I'm going to show a Reinhardt video here that I put up on Twitter to kind of camera that home. Um, and then Gergensen's kind of couldn't hold a top six spot down. And I don't know. I mean, maybe this kind of gets back to the whole thing of, well, this is what happens when Justin Bailey, Nick Baptiste, and Alex Nader don't make your team out of camp. Right. Yeah. And even Rodriguez, we're going to throw him in there too. Yeah. I, and, I, and I get it. I mean, all part of the Amherst are 2-0 and right now. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I think it's just I, – again, I think it's what Bonderell was, you know, he was saying since he got here is that he wanted to make sure that guys were over-ready and that the AHL team was good. And they're so far they're pretty good. But I, I think it's – right now it's that to the detriment to your NHL team because you're coming in with a new style of play. You need speed and skill. And you're just – you're playing guys that can't do it. Um, especially in that bottom six. So, I, I mean, <clears throat> as we were talking to play to the roles, I think one more I'd throw in there, and I know he didn't have a lot of preseason play, but he kind of went and got Scandella so he could be Ristolainen's partner. Yes. Yep. I don't know I don't know what he's doing kind of in the bottom six or the, the bottom pair there. Um, I, I will say this. Uh, he's not fast. Um, if he gets caught, it's going to be an odd man rush the other way because Scandella yep. is also not running anybody down. But with that being said, ideally when he's with Ristolainen, you don't need that because he's going to be the guy that's back when Ristolainen's pinching. Uh, he's supposed to have a, quite a heavy shot. I haven't seen that much yet. Uh, so I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing that in the next couple of days. Um, but, yeah, I really think that he should be there, kind of the stay-at-home, you know, anchoring the back end uh, with Ristolainen so Ristolainen can kind of freewheel as he wants. Uh, with Beaulieu, I think, is kind of where you're getting into trouble with you know, first alliance pinching and bowl use on that two on one. You saw it twice at least, uh, where he just couldn't kind of cover. So, and I know you. This is your point, and you're probably going to get to it. But the whole reason he left Montreal is because he didn't want to be a top pair defenseman, and right. he didn't. He couldn't handle replacing PK Subban. So, you know, giving up a third round pick, I don't blame him for that. I do that every day, no matter how this turns out. But uh, you got to put him in the right role. You got to put him in the right spot to succeed. Because it didn't work in Montreal, you're just setting him up for failure here again. Yeah, you know, I, I think Bogosian being out maybe is kind of a part of that. Probably, yeah. Uh, and, and I think you said Scandella not playing the preseason maybe is part of that too. Kind of want to work him in slowly. Uh, we saw in practice today, Scandella was with Ristolainen. Right. Uh, so probably get a glimpse of that tomorrow. And Beaulieu was playing with Tennyson, which I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> and then George's with George's slash Antip and Marith McCabe. But, um, you know, I, I think when Bogosian comes back, and believe it or not, <laughs> kind of crazy that maybe he solidifies that that six right there long somebody else gets hurt. Uh, we talked about it. I, I kind of had high hopes for Bogosian this year. So Yeah. The guy can just please stay healthy, man. Right. Like, stay on the ice, you know? Yep. Because every, every time we do this, he gets hurt, and then he takes, like, a month to get back to himself. And by the time, like, the season we're – 30, 40 games of the season, and we're like, oh, there's Bogosian, you know, 30, 40 games into the season because he had to get used to it and he missed 10 games. And, like, it's frustrating. It's an every-year thing and just – I don't know. I mean, obviously he can't really help it. He gets hurt, he gets hurt, but it's it's really frustrating. Like you said, you know, I had high hopes him too in this in this offense or this system. I think it fits him well. Uh, I think he's given a new opportunity to play in a role that he thinks he deserves to play in. And I think he kind of had the opportunity to thrive. Now we'll see how good he comes back from his injury. Uh, I mean, it's going to be out at least another week, so he's going to miss two to three more games here. Uh, so that's up to six, seven games. So but before you know, man, it could be ten games he's out, which 
is irritating, but you know, it is what it is. So again, it, it's kind of crazy to believe, you know, that Bogosian could be the guy who comes and solidifies and calms this defense down. I mean, he's wearing a letter, you know, so I guess you could say yeah. he's the, he's the defense leader on that team. Uh, but, and he should you know, be. and he should be, yeah. But you know, I'm not that I'm, Oh, sorry. I'm not overly concerned about the defense. Um, I will say there's some things that are I'm paying attention to now. Uh, mm-hmm. But like, I, I need to see a bounce back road trip here from Ristolainen. Uh I, I need to see Bullu stop with the turnovers. I need to see Scandella show me that he can play in the top minutes now that he's going to get them. And you know, I mean, McKay's been fine, and you know, I think Antipin just when when he's playing, it seems to keep taking those steps forward. Um, to developing because I mean he's looked all right and if he can now get comfortable and get used to playing North American game, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, again, we keep saying this is is 30, 40 games into the season, this could look like a whole different team than we've even seen here in the first three games. And you know something I want to keep harping on to people is to not get too upset with just these three games here because again, these first few games might hurt them, might get make them not be a playoff team this year, but I think they could be a lot of fun to watch the second half. No, yeah, and I totally agree. I, th- I think it's, like you said, it's just, you, you knew these struggles were going to come. We didn't know how bad it was going to be. It's been pretty bad. These Well, it's been really bad these first three games. Um, and it's going to be probably for a little while. But I, I think that there's going to be games where it clicks and things are going to go well. Um, but depending on, like you said, how long it takes, you might be out of a spot. Uh, but, again, I, it's not even just the, the D. It's the, the top guys, too. <laughs> yeah, right. Apostle O'Reilly. Yeah, yeah. And even Eichel to extent, I just I need I need to see his speed, and I think that's the one thing that kind of drove me crazy. Um, the first night was you saw McDavid skating twenty five miles an hour all the way yeah. up, you know, up the wall scoring, and I just I don't know that I've ever really seen that from at least definitely not this year uh, from Eichel where he just takes it and goes. I feel like he's always kind of waiting for everybody else. Uh, he did well, at one that, point. I mean, that could be a bad, you know, mix of teammates that can't keep up with them. Maybe that's, you know, stuff. No, yeah, and I, I agree. And, I, I mean, he tried that, I know, in the Montreal game where he kind of went and he went to go between the legs and, and make the nice move, but he kind of just he played the body like he should have and it took him off the puck. But yep. I, I really like to just – I need to see him just go. Um, but, I, I mean, other other than that, I, I, I don't want to have this sound like it's an Eichel gripe, but um, – because he's been fine. He's he's played well. That pass to Pominville was elite. Yeah, uh, yeah. it was. I, for him to actually even see that, let alone make it, uh, it was pretty incredible. Um, I'm not too worried. I'm not worried about him at all. But yeah, I mean, like you said, O'Reilly needs to get going. Oposo needs to get going. Reinhardt, if he is taking off the power play, I think it's going to be even harder for him to get going. So that one, I don't really understand necessarily either. But um, again, it's been three games. Yeah, guys have you know, points in the season where they struggle or they don't do well. Unfortunately, right now, it's just kind of three or four of your top guys are doing it in the beginning of the season. Yeah, so you mentioned Reinhardt there. So let's kind of wrap up our Reinhardt discussion uh, before we move on to a topic that I kind of want to talk about for being in the room um, after Monday's game. So here's a play I kind of put on Twitter. Uh, this is against the Islanders. Uh, Bully was going to make a pass here across this line. He was going to fumble it. Uh, Josh Hosang's going to put some pressure on here. So I'm going to roll it a little bit for you. Um, there we go. Rolling. And stop. Oh, let me go back a little bit. You're going to see Casey Sezekis right here at the top of your screen. Reinhardt also at the top of your screen. 
Uh, it's basically going to be a race to the middle. You can already see Ryan or Johnson's glove right here pointing <laughs> to Sezikis is going to, is, you know, heading into the middle. Uh, he beats Reinhardt to the spot. Uh, Bolu is out to lunch over here. I'm not quite sure what he's doing. <laughs> uh, and free shot, good save by Johnson. And then the play continues. Let's watch Reinhardt here. I mean, really, Sezikis is Reinhardt's guy the entire play. So he kind of comes up the uh, the wall here. And then eventually it gets to the defense when he puts a shot on net. And then Bolivier right here is going to be standing all alone eventually right over here next to Johnson and kind of a tap-in. Uh, but Reiner kind of just, if you kind of watch here, just strolls over here. And just, again, the way it looks, he's kind of thinking more than reacting. He's not really going after anybody. He's telling his wingers on the ice here to cover this guy over here. And it's just, I don't know, just he's not moving his feet. I mean, if you kind of scroll back here, and watch, you know, he's chasing Sezikis. has the puck. He just he stops moving his feet. Just stops. Look at that. Not moving any of his feet. And, you know, Reinhardt's not a fast guy as it is. So if he just kind of glides and make him even slower and make him even more out of position. And then, you know, here just. What happens right here is the, the guy falls. So I think he was telling him to take Sezikis so they could try and block the shot. But like you said, he's thinking. He's not just reacting and doing it. Right. Uh, so the shot's getting through anyways. And. Neither, yeah, by the time he, thing he by the time he gets out across, he's not in the shooting lane, and the, and the puck's already gone. Yeah, he's kind of gliding towards Zekas. Right, and then and here, here you go. Just stop. Two right Islanders. Here. I don't yeah. even want. I even see the second guy. There's two Islanders. Just this is, out defense, this is the defense one on one. I was a defenseman, you know, when I played hockey a lot. Defenseman one on one. Never let the guy behind you always be in front <laughs> of the guy. Look at that right there. Two of them, they by themselves. Which one wants to score? Bloody is like, yeah, I'll do it this time. Just again, mental mistakes. It's just wrist aligning and bull you. Just turn your head. I mean, just turn around. Two guys could have tapped that in. I didn't, I didn't even see Hosang's hand in just now, so that's kind of crazy. Mm. I mean, that's, but that's kind of the stuff we've seen in the last two games. And, that, and that's the, I guess you could say the frustrating part of a lot of it is that is an easy cleanup mistake. That's, that's hockey 101 that those guys should know. It's, it's, just, it's just mental lapses that. I guess you shouldn't be seeing in, in game two of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's just, it, I, you can understand the, the, the lapses in, you know, the pitches or the breakdowns in the offensive zone that turn into odd men rushes the other way, which we've seen quite a lot of. Um, but when the, the puck's in your, your zone and it's just being worked around and you're letting two guys just kind of sit in front of the net all alone without even being touched, they weren't I mean, even really touched. Though. That whole play scored. is the, the Islanders players just skated around. Nobody even touched anybody. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, it's just five Sabres stood in the middle of the ice and this left lane's open and didn't touch or do not anything even, to anyone. Not even to mention that Sezikis, who initially takes the shot, went behind the net, got his own rebound, skated up the wall, <laughs> and then gave it to the defenseman for another shot. Uh, that just can't happen. It's just, like you said, it's a lot of standing around. It's guys not moving their feet. It's not reacting to the play that's happening. It's it's overthinking of, okay, this guy just fell. I should be kind of, you know, blocking the shot. So instead, I'm kind of just going to glide in between the guy I should have and the guy who's taking the shot. Easy lane to the net. And then – but th I think this is kind of the encompassing the whole thing is that one play that led to a goal, there was like four things that went wrong. Yes, so like four breakdowns up, on one you, play. If you clean up half of them, <laughs> that goal probably doesn't happen. Uh, so, I, I like I said, I, that's why I kind of – we said we're going to keep reiterating this. It's only been three games. They can clean these things up, and maybe that game's only three to two. 
but uh <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's just it's there's so many things are going wrong currently uh that i think once you're starting to clean these things up not only are you going to get the offense going the other way because the d is is reacting better you're getting the puck up to the the guys like the first video of Scandella. Um, but yeah, it's just <laughs> so many wrong with, with one play. Uh, it's going to be pretty easy. And like you said, it's the, the D not covering the guys that are literally behind them and then not even getting a body or a stick on them as they just tap into the net. And Johnson's just left on an Island. Um, inexcusable, but again, easy fix. Turn your head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, to wrap it up on Reinhardt, you know, that's kind of one of the reasons why I was, I was hammering home to just, I, I didn't, you know, I, and again, I was one of the people who said moving him to center was a good idea. Just, I, I just threw out the preseason. I saw a lot of that stuff. It, it looked like he was just thinking more than reacting. And Reinhardt's one of those guys, you know, who, who is supposed to be super hockey IQ, who plays the game well, who thinks the game well, and just playing center. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, he hasn't played that position in two years, basically. Uh, so maybe you can forget some things, maybe some tendencies of playing the wing kind of creep back in. You have to remind yourself you're playing center. Uh, and it just, it didn't fit. It didn't seem to work. And that's why I thought it was a good idea before the season just to move him back to the wing already and just, just start fresh there, start the season on the wing. Uh, I mean, it looks like that's going to happen now. Uh, not with Eichel, unfortunately. He's going to play with Gergensen and Larson, it looks like. I feel like if we're going to move Reiner to the wing, just put him back with Jack and just 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 do that because we know that works. Uh, and then you have two players producing instead of Reinhardt playing with Larson and Gergensen, who we've kind of talked about before. I mean, those aren't guys who are going to create space for Reinhardt and not going to maybe be able to play this creativity. Isn't it Pouliot and Larson? I thought Gergensen was with uh, Eichel and Pominville. Oh, you're right. It is Pouliot. It's Pouliot. But even yeah. still, the point still stands. No, no, no. You know, yeah. Well, and even more so, it's the same. You're moving, yeah. If you're taking Kane off of Michael's line, why are you not moving Reinhardt up there? You're moving Gergensen, yes. who couldn't hold the top six spot to begin with. But I digress. And one more thing to hold, uh, to help you with the, the Reinhardt point. For me, I, don't, I didn't mind trying it, but I un- and I understand a new coach trying to put his stamp on a lineup, but don't fix what's broken. Larson was really good as a third-line center. Leave him there. He was fine. Yeah. So why are you trying to, you know, move him to – or move Reinhardt to the third-line center, moving Larson to a fourth-line winger? It just – that, to me, made no sense at all. Um, moving Larson back up to – like, all right, so you and I talked about this, too. These – not – we don't agree with all of these new moves, but I think there's steps in the right direction. I agree I think, with that. It's I a baby think, step towards the right, right direction of the team. Right. You're getting Larson off the fourth line into the third line center role where he belongs because he plays well doing it. He gets under the skin. He can make plays. He's good down low. He does all the things you need a third line center to do. Reinhardt moving to the wing, another thing. It's fine. It's good. But if you're going to move him to the wing, why move him to that wing? Move him up. Because if yep. he's struggling, what better person to put him with to get him out of that slump than Jack Eichel like he's gonna get anybody out of a slump and I and I and I think that's kind of what they're doing with Kane they're moving Kane up to Oposo O'Reilly because he's gonna you know put a fire under their ass and get him going uh guys yeah he's, he's go 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 so if O'Reilly and Oposo aren't doing that as well um they're gonna look even worse by behind a guy who is just working his butt off the whole time so a lot of things here are are, are to like I, I think like you said there's steps in the right direction uh, I think it's it, and you, we we got to talk about this and remember this too. He's a brand new head coach. He's never been a head coach before. Yes, he's he's 
you know, learning, you know, how his players play still. He's learning who the best fits are. And I, I think so I wouldn't necessarily get too angry about line changes right now. I don't think it's going to be like Biosmo where it's going to be every week. But I think, like we said, in these first 20 games, you might see a little bit of movement pretty often because he needs to figure out what pairings are the best. And hopefully, though, and this is what we have to look for, once we find what works, it stays. It needs to keep that yes. way. Uh, it can't keep moving around because that's what the, what the frustrations were with the last year, couple of years. So, again, baby steps in the right direction. Uh, I, I think we're, we're, we're heading the right, on the right path. Uh, a West Coast trip. It, it could be a really good thing. It could be a really bad thing. <laughs> right, right, right. So uh, yeah. it, it's going to be an interesting next you know, week or so here uh, as we get more um, down the road here into the Sabre season. So one area I want to touch on here before uh, we kind of check out here, and that's maybe I kind of expressed to you a little bit and I've kind of expressed on Twitter is, I guess the vibe I kind of got on Monday being in the room. Um, you know, 6-2 embarrassment at home. Uh, you go into the room, you know, we waited outside for a while, probably like 10 minutes or so, if not longer than that. But usually we get down there to go right in. So obviously there was some discussion going on. Uh, but we go in the room and the only people there to answer questions are Chad Johnson, O'Reilly, and Nathan Bolu. And I mean, I'll give Bolu credit for standing there because he had an awful game, two games in a row. Did they ask Kane those questions? Too, so right? And yeah, yeah, but Kane came out later. We had to go get Kane and bring him out. Okay. So he wasn't even in there when he came in, but he did come out later. Okay. Uh, but O'Reilly was there to answer the questions. You know, that that's O'Reilly. Uh, the thing that, I don't know, I, I don't want to say bothered me, but maybe raised my eyebrows a little bit uh, is Eichel wasn't out there. And if the guy wants to wear a letter, I think he has to be able to answer those questions. He eventually did come out uh, after being requested for a second time. Uh, he was pulled out, and by the time he came out, three-fourths of the media was gone. And only the Buffalo News, three people were there for that. Uh, not even like the Sabres were there because when they sent out their press release thing after, like they even have Eichel's interview on it because they weren't even there. I think the Sabres reporter wasn't even in the room for that. So I don't know. I mean, I get the kids young. is only 20 years old. But if you want to be a captain, you talked about being a leader just a week ago and stepping up into this role and accepting the leadership and being the voice in the room. You get select 6-2 at home and you have zero shots in the game my man, you need to be out there answering questions. You need to stand in the fire. You need to take the bad. You need to take, be there for the good too and be there for the bad. Uh, and I don't know, maybe somebody goes and says that to him, like, hey, man, you got to be out there. Or I don't know, because at this point, I don't know, is, is Ryan O'Reilly in so facto captain of this team then? Because he's the one who's always there. He's played terrible the first three games. He was there to answer questions. Bolu was terrible for two straight games. He's there to answer questions. You know, I mean, just I, I feel like, it's kind of something we saw last year too, where I just feel like he he needs to accept and step up now that he's the highest play player in the team all next year, but he's that guy now. And I need him to again, it's just it's simple as talking to media, but it it, it it's a sign that you're you're maturing, you're growing, you're accepting the leadership role and you're there to answer the questions in the good and the bad. So that was, I guess, again, I'm not gonna make a big deal out of it, but it just to me it was eyebrow raising to see a guy just a week ago talk about how important it is to him to step up and be a leader this year. And then I think in his first opportunity, he kind of failed to answer the bell. A question for you. And this probably goes along lines of maturity and growing, but do you think him not getting the seat to start of the season maybe has anything to do with that? Uh, I think it could. I think it could. Uh, but again, it, it's, I, know, I think you're going to get it. I think you're going to get it eventually. You still got to go do it. But I, right. I just wonder if that's maybe, you know, you know, I, 
I feel like I should have got it to begin the season. I didn't get it with the contract. So I'm going to mosey my way out here super late after the fact, but um, I don't know. It's, it's tough. It's always tough when, you know, you come off your, your first game really well. Uh, it's still a loss, but you played well. Uh, and then you have two games in a row that are just beatdowns before going out West. Not giving excuses because you're right. He's got to be out there. He's got to be doing it. And if O'Reilly is going to be the guy who's out there every day, even when he's playing terrible, uh, answering those questions, then maybe rethink it and he becomes a C. Um, it's tough. It's, I, I think the, for me, the worst part is the vibe of the locker room after game three. All right. So, I don't know, we kind of covered a lot. Is there anything else that you think we missed you want to touch on before we uh, – to kind of check our way out here? Hmm. I don't know. There's a whole lot. But <laughs> Bailey's scoring a lot in the AHL in two games. Yes, that's good. Two or three goals. Yep. Um, other than that, I don't think so. I think uh, you're going to look for a turnaround from the, the top guys offensively. Uh, you're going to look for the D to be a little more sound in their own end. Um, and the chemistry, I think, game by game. Even if they're losing, that needs to get better. Um, and I think it will. So, again, like we said, full circle here. What are we yes, going to do? Yes, let's, let's bring is, it in. Let's uh, bring it in. Everybody bring it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bring it on in for the group hug if you need it. I think uh, it's been – like we said, we knew it wasn't going to be pretty, but we didn't know it was going to be this bad. Uh, but, again, it's only been three games. There's a lot of good film for them to see what not to do now. <laughs> we just showed you some of it. <laughs> yeah. We showed you about five of the 15 videos we could have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's now it's just, it's time to go to work. It's time to, you know, get in the, the video room, get on the ice and, and work on things, work out those kinks and, and now go out West and you're going to hear your typical, it's good for team bonding, yada, 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 all this stuff. Uh, use it, use it. Time to, time to get out of here. Uh, get away for a little bit, go out west, and and get to work because these are games that are going to be on the road. Um, but they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough to win. The the West Coast trips are never easy. Uh, Vegas is undefeated. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, crazy. First three, so, they'll uh, start for any expansion franchise. And so, James uh, Neal scores a lot of goals. Yeah, glad I put a flyer on him uh, late in the other draft. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I said, I I, I think there there was a lot of not so good. Um, but I think there's going to be a lot more better things to talk about when we come back, probably after this road trip. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So uh, I'll get to a little spiel here. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter at BTB hockey. Uh, make sure you're checking out uh, grandstand sports network, uh, the hockey writers podcast channel as well. Subscribe, rate, share on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google play. Uh, I believe we've updated all of our feeds now. So if any feed still isn't updated, let us know. But I think at this point we've touched them all. Uh, so it should all be updated. Uh, make sure you're checking out Die by the Blade. Uh, you can also find our podcast there, as well as some great hockey talk as well. So I think that's it for Chad and Bill. We are out of here with our theme of the podcast. It's only three games. Relax. Everybody and, the Leafs, and the Leafs lost tonight. So and the Leafs everybody... lost tonight. And the Devils are 4-0. And Vegas is 3-0. and And everybody else is, I don't know. The season's weird so far. It's crazy. Ovechkin <laughs> has 15 goals, I think. So <laughs> uh, He definitely he had one tonight, so he's definitely got And he had back-to-back seven. hat-tricks, right? So I think that's 7 or 8 <laughs> now. So it's crazy, crazy. I think Edmonton's 1-3 and three or 1-2, and two too. So 
I can only, back. only two games. Everybody relax. <laughs> enjoy yourselves. I mean, we'll we'll start panicking in like November. So let's let's yeah. enjoy October and we'll go from there. <laughs> Don't panic yet. <laughs> We're gonna have plenty of time to panic later on. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so for Chad and Bill, we're out of here this week. Uh, thanks very much for listening. Uh, make sure if listening to it, the audio version, you check out the video. Uh, it can be a little bit frustrating maybe listen to the audio and not have any idea what we're showing on video. So make sure you go check our YouTube page. Uh, we'll post it on Twitter as well and check out the video versions as well. You can fast forward doing the video parts, but at least you'll see what we're kind of talking about and I'd be left in the dark from the audio version. So Chad, I do want to, before we sign out, sneak in one little thing that I can kind of whisper to you. Okay. We didn't have to talk goalies this week. Yes, yes. That was my biggest fear going into the Devils game was, oh, no. <laughs> I do Johnson's going to win and this yeah. is going to be awful. Our, yeah, our Twitter feed is going to just be straight <laughs> fire of <laughs> Leonard needs to go because Johnson's better. <laughs> we survived one week. We did. We survived one week. We'll see how the West Coast <laughs> are. I mean, Leonard got stitches today, so if Johnson plays a game or two, he might be in trouble. <laughs> uh, good times. All right, man. Well, again, everyone, thanks for listening. Lee, we'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the late night hockey for the next week or week and a half. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. Thank you